Good afternoon, everyone. This is episode 41 of the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner. My name is Raven. And Twitter clarifies its rules about world leaders breaking its rules. And the rules just don't apply, apparently. Plus, Johnny Ives is leaving Apple. What does that mean for uh, the company that really only rests on its design laurels? Plus, YouTube is giving you more control over your homepage, but they seemingly forgot about subscriptions. All this and more today. Uh, first up in the news today, Raven, we have uh, Nextcloud just yesterday announced they have their own collaborative rich text editor coming to Nextcloud. This is super exciting stuff. Yes, What do it you is. think about this? I think it's great because uh, for those of you that don't know that listen to this show, uh, we use Nextcloud quite extensively uh, for yeah. writing docs and various other things. And honestly, we really don't need like, uh, you know, like a super advanced text editor, like say, you know, LibreOffice or OnlyOffice or anything like that. Right. Uh, right now we use OnlyOffice, which is nice. Don't get me wrong, except for the fact that it highlights you as giant pink text whenever you type. Mm, pink highlighted black text on a white background. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. Not a fan. Um, anyhow. Uh, but this new one seems to be just a markdown uh, text editor, and it looks really nice. Like a nice visual markdown text editor. It looks really lovely. It looks a nice, yeah, simple it, it, design, too. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Medium's text editor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think that I think that this honestly looks really nice. Uh, it has like a rich text preview, and uh, apparently you can also edit um, in markdown, which is like my favorite way of styling text because it's so simple and uh, I go out of my way to make things use markdown like <laughs> like our forum I chose the forum software because it uses markdown I just love markdown it's so simple and it's like so well supported I love it so that's why uh, this is really exciting because I often in only office which is basically like a Microsoft Word type text editor right I write my, and you can vouch for this, Raven, I write my <laughs> show notes in there as Markdown and just leave it unstyled, it, it, like properly unstyled. So anyway, it, this is really exciting because we'll be able to write the, sh the show notes uh, collaboratively in a document, and then I'll just be able to copy and paste the show notes right into the forum rather than having to go back through and like either style them once and then style them again or just not have anything styled when I'm writing the show notes, which makes it kind of hard to read sometimes. Yeah. Well, also, too, uh, you know, OnlyOffice, which is much better than the other OpenOffice plugin that we had before. Ooh, that thing was bad. Oh, what was that called? Wasn't was it, it OpenOffice or something? Or own? It was, no. it was uh, Collabra. That's oh, what it was. yeah. That thing was awful. Yeah, like Collabra it, was not like good. You'd be working at the bottom of the page, and I'd be editing something at the top, and then it would like shoot me down to where you were, and I'd be like, <laughs> "Okay, I guess I'm here now." Yeah, yeah, not not really a fan of that one. Um, and we we don't do anything like we don't like I said we don't really need anything super advanced. You know, only Office is great. You know, the their actual uh, you know desktop application is amazing. Yeah, but. I don't. We don't need anything like that for like the show notes and most of the stuff we do. Well, I don't anyway. I don't. I don't know if you do or not. But 
I mean, I I will keep only Office around so that I can edit like the docx files and the XLS uh, or you know the Excel spreadsheets and stuff that I use. But like f- for the most part, Markdown uh, this what they're calling Nextcloud text uh, is going to be a welcome uh, change. I feel like it's a different workflow entirely. I think if I just want to like write something really fast and get it done and have it be styled incredibly quickly without having to like remember key commands and stuff, you know, hot keys. I think that this is like Markdown is the most efficient way of doing it. And this is just going to be great. Plus the fact that this is going to include collaborative text editing means that this is like leagues above what is currently available without only office, you know, like there isn't a collaborative text editor included in Nextcloud by default. And this is going to be, you know, a, a plugin and it's actually available right now. You can download it and, uh, and try it, which I literally just discovered this before we started the podcast. So I haven't had a chance to use it, but I'm going to try it out and I'll let you guys know. Yeah. Well, um, uh, the big thing for me though, is, is we don't have to have so much crap on the next cloud instance. Cause you know, only office requires, only Office was quite a pain for you to install. Let's just leave it at that. Yes, it was. It, was. it required it's... so much. And it, it took me about a month and a half to figure out how to actually do it properly. There was there were all kinds of like problems, and I'm gonna actually have a video coming out pretty soon sometime about uh, installing Open Office, but it's going to be or Only Office, but it's gonna be a uh, a Docker installation because uh, the latest version of Ubuntu. I think I'm using. 1804 LTS actually on my server and I'm pretty sure that the actual requirements for only office like the dependencies are not available in Ubuntu's repos so, so weird yeah you know because when you run a server you really do want to use the LTS version yeah but I, this like only office was targeting like 1604 or whatever Ugh. the previous LTS was <laughs> yeah okay all right I mean each to their own I guess I guess. Yeah. I think the thing, the other thing about OnlyOffice that kind of irritates me is that, that it's not like 100% open source. It's like one of those open core things where you have to like pay a licensing fee uh, if you have more than a couple users using your, your uh, instance. Yeah. yeah. I just like to just, you know, move away. I mean, like, like when I use stuff locally, I use uh, FocusWriter and uh, LibreOffice, but, you know, it would be nice to have something more collaborative i suppose yeah yeah i think this will be good and it would be really cool if this could integrate with like a native desktop app because you know what i've found recently is that a lot of uh of a lot of like gtk software you know that comes like as stock uh with uh with gnome actually integrates with uh nextcloud's api that's pretty Um, cool i didn't know that it's really cool. Like the calendar app will integrate with with my um, Nextcloud calendar, and the contacts will integrate with my Nextcloud contacts. And uh, you know, if you have um, what's that one feed reader, you can actually uh, connect it to uh, Nextcloud News and read your uh, RSS feed on your desktop. And it's really awesome, and it's synchronized with 
you know, the, the web version too. So you can see what you've already read and what you haven't. It's really awesome. And I really, I'm a huge, huge fan of Nextcloud. So if there was like a collaborative text editing thing for the desktop that could integrate with this, that would be sweet. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Apparently this is also going to have chat integration, like Nextcloud talk integration. Yeah, you can I saw do that. Text messaging, or I mean, you know, texting and video calls while you're writing the documents. Yep. Apparently That's... you can also leave like notes and stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Next, Cloud next so Cloud's much. getting pretty cool. Yeah. Dude. Next Cloud's starting to get a lot of really nice features. Oh man. We're on version 16 right now. We're heading into version 17 and this is going to be a default, the default text editor in version 17. So, wow. I'm super stoked about this. I cannot wait. I think we're gonna do the next episode show notes in this document editor. What do you think? Awesome. I think we should. You know, um, <clears throat> I wonder if the Librem will get like uh, Nextcloud because you know Nextcloud has a lot of like really nice features. It'd be nice to just be able to like, you know, open the PureOS store and just grab it. So um, one of the reasons I was really excited about the Librem Five running GNOME is that it's going to have the the stock GNOME apps, and right now they're running Fosh, which is like an offshoot. But um, in the if you go into the settings in in GNOME and you go to uh, online accounts, you can add your Nextcloud account, and then most of the apps uh, like the calendar and the contacts and uh, you know Nautilus and stuff will integrate into Nextcloud just by adding it to a single place in your settings. So I'm hoping that that's the case with the Librem Five that they haven't modified GNOME that much, you know? Yeah. I think that'll be really sweet. Oh, yes, but I want to know what you guys out there in the audience think about this. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on uh, on text editing? Like, what's your favorite text editor? Do you prefer Markdown or uh, WYSIWYG types editors? Let us know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. You can hit us up in an email, show at offtopical.net, or you can follow us on uh, Twitter. I'm at the Linux Gamer, and he's at Raven six seven eight five four. All right, next up, Twitter clarifies its rules about world leaders breaking its rules. Uh, this is an interesting story. Uh, basically, if you don't know why they're doing this, uh, last year, uh, a bunch of people said that Trump was was tweeting out and saying and like breaking the rules. He was saber rattling and threatening North Korea with imminent nuclear destruction. Do you remember this, Raven? I do. <laughs> And, and uh, a bunch of people were like, hey, that's threatening violence, which is like a thing that Twitter's rules uh, prohibit, and Twitter refused to take action. So now, like, fast, fast forward, like, I don't know, a year and a half, maybe, they're finally getting around to explaining why they let some people break the rules. <laughs> what do you think about this, man? Uh, well, you know, like most social media, Twitter, Facebook, most of Google... You know, yeah. they've always had, like, crapshoot rules. Like, you know, certain rules have always only applied to certain people and, you know, not applied to others. Um, but as far as world leaders go, <clears throat> honestly, I feel like pretty much all their tweets or their videos, if they put it on YouTube or, you know, if they happen to have a Facebook, I, I feel like that stuff shouldn't be banned no matter what they do or say. Because, <clears throat> like... 
you know, let's say let's say Trump said something that was, you know, I don't know, extremely bad towards like any just pick any random group of people. It doesn't really matter. You know, you would you would want to know that he said it because if they removed it, it would just look like they're trying to like cover it up, you know? So like I, I do understand their stance to a certain extent as to why they're just like you know, like, eh, I don't really want to touch this because, you know, if they cover up his bad stuff, it just, well, if they remove his bad stuff, it'll either be taken one or two ways. Either they're removing it because it violates policy or they're just, you know, trying to cover it up or they're trying to silence him. So I guess there's three ways. Yeah. So, you know, it's, they're kind of in like a weird spot. So I think it's better to just be like, uh, put like a little note beside it or something that's like, you know, this this violates our terms of service that just move on. Yeah, and that's what they're going to be doing from now on. So basically, if a world leader uh, who meets the criteria uh, decides that they're going to break the rules on Twitter and, and the criteria is, by the way, uh, they have to be or represent a government official uh, be running for public office or be considered for a government position as in next in line waiting confirmation name successor etc they have to have more than a hundred thousand followers and they have to be verified so those are the so those are the rules uh those are the ways that you can get away with breaking the rules on twitter basically you have to meet all three of those criteria uh and if you do uh violate the rules and twitter is notified they will, uh, they will post a thing next to the tweet that says, the Twitter rules about abusive behavior apply to this tweet. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public interest for the tweet to remain available. And I can see why they are taking this... Um, I can see why they're taking this uh, tactic stance. on this, this stance, but at the same time... Um, where are they going to draw draw the line? Like, I don't you know. know. You can threaten. Yeah. I mean, you can threaten North Korea with imminent uh, nuclear destruction, and it stays online. Um, but if you, but and that's like an entire country and thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. But if you if you tw uh, tweet out and say, um, you know, I don't like gay people, what's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Like. Or, or you're, or you're, I guess if you're rousing uh, hate for a specific group or country or something, then that would be against the rules and they would delete it, I guess. But, you know, this is, it's such a, such a gray area. And I don't like the idea of, of for profit, you know, companies that quite honestly make money by, um, by outrage, essentially. Like Twitter, <laughs> Twitter's whole thing is like outrage, right? They're, they're determining who gets who gets to, like, have a card blanche on their platform and who doesn't. Well, they've, they've always done that, though. I mean, they you, can have, look at, yeah. you can look at it in the past. Like, not even, like, normal people. Uh, I'm not going to, like, provide any examples because I don't really feel like getting into that whole political debate. But I've yeah. seen uh, comments from people on both sides of the aisle call for death of others and people report it. And they just, they ignore it. Like, they're yeah. just like, eh, whatever, just doesn't violate. It's almost like it almost like it, if it goes to that person and it just depends on whether or not that person's political views align with the tweet. It, it's yeah. really how it feels. And, you know, you know Facebook's the same way. And, uh, you know, what's funny is, is we, we say all this, but, you know, they were just in front of Congress and uh, 
because, you know, some stuff leaked out about Google, whether or not it was true or not. You know, there were some whistleblowers at Google and they were talking about how they were specifically targeting conservatives. And they have video evidence of people at Google, you know, literally blatantly admitting that, you know, they they don't like people with, you know, different opinions of their own and that they want to do something about it. And then, you know, they go before Congress and they basically just, well, their lawyers were funny, not not as. You know what? It was actually just as funny as EA's lawyer saying that people like surprise. What what what, what did EA <laughs> surprise, say? Surprise mechanics. Yes, surprise mechanics. Yeah. It was that level of funny because they literally know what happened and what was said, and they're just like, oh, uh, yeah. Because I I mean I don't know if you I don't know if because I think that this might have actually have come from uh that Congress uh the congressional hearing. Because I don't think um, I saw the hearing. Yeah, I, I watched the hearing. Dude, it was bad. That that hearing was so bad. Because people on both aisles, both congressional members on both aisles, were mad at them for basically being mean to their side, essentially. Yeah. And the the but it was just like they didn't have anything. Like it is true that they do tend to lean more uh left end of the spectrum, the tech companies that I don't think anyone should even try to argue against that one. They do. Um, and so conservatives tend to be the ones who are more, uh, picked out, but they, they never have like a reason for it. Like every time they were given an example, their lawyers were just like, well, you know, we don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, you're either like the, the greatest lawyer ever, or you're the worst. And I'm not really sure which, because it's like, you're supposed to represent this company. You should know about it. So I don't know. The only thing that good that might come from all this crap with like tech companies like picking and choosing and like, you know, knocking out stuff is we might end up with a a bill that says that the First Amendment applies to everything, which would be great, by the way, because it would just put it it would put to bed a lot of this crap that keeps happening. Yeah, but you know, know I mean, it still wouldn't it still wouldn't protect world leaders from doing really stupid stuff and then tweeting about it. But you know, it, it at the same time, it's just I don't know. I, I feel like f- it, it's it goes back to like what I said just a bit ago. If if you if you if you just remove their tweets and like silence them, you you give their for starters, you you can give their base like a boost. You know, I, I feel like um, not to get too political, but I feel like that's how Trump keeps quote unquote winning is because every single time he does something bad. You know, one, the media will lie about it, which I don't know why you'd lie about him. He's done so much crap. You don't have to. Um, and the second thing, though, is, is it gives him justification. You know, if you really don't want to get if you really want to get rid of that man, you have to stop giving him justification. Yeah. So but anyway, I mean, back to the back the, to the point. The Sorry. thing is, with 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 this whole debate is it's like, I don't even know. I don't personally. I don't think that world leaders should be on social media. Oh, yeah, but that's a totally different thing. Like, I agree. They shouldn't be on social media. They really shouldn't. I, I f- completely agree with that. They should just be banned from social media. <laughs> yeah, but, social media is for <clears throat> the dregs of humanity. <laughs> but but that's not that's not what we're talking about, unfortunately. <laughs> no, unfortunately, we're talking about what happens when they're on social media and they're exactly, you know, how they are. You know, that's That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't see any way around that one. This is a, this is a difficult topic. It is. This is a difficult and no matter how thing. you say it, you know what the worst part is? No matter how you word it, you got to piss off someone Nazis. with this song. 
Yes, that too. You're going to get called a Nazi. Someone from the left or right is going to call you a Nazi, depending on how you answer the question. That that actually annoys me more than anything. Yeah. People really need to learn what an actual Nazi is. Right. Just randomly go out and start calling people Nazis. Are you a socialist? Do you hate Jews? Answer yes to either one of those questions. You're going to get called a Nazi. (sighs) God damn it. Uh, and the weirdest part, the weirdest part to me though, is when uh, prominent uh, Jewish people are called Nazis. Yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, I suppose they could be Nazis, but what statistically, what are the odds of like three? Like, if you have three Jewish people in front of you, statistically, what are the odds that all three of them are Nazis? Geez. Like, like even one of them is statistically an improbability. All three of them, like, come on. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. This is we we went off the rails here. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna catch shit over that one probably. Oh yeah. Oh well. You know what? Uh, I I love everyone. That's my... I will redeem myself with my hatred for the next one, which is about Apple. That's oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> the next the next story. Well, actually, let's let's ask people out there what they think about this because I'm actually quite interested. What do you guys? think that uh, should be done with uh, world leaders on social media who break the rules. <coughs> banned. Yeah, should they be banned? I think they should be. If you break the rules one, two, three times, boom, you're done. You're out. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. President. Sorry, uh, Madame uh, Prime Minister. You're not on Twitter anymore. Guess what? I don't, Small and I don't know if like I don't know if you should uh, be... I don't know if you should have your tweets redacted, but I think if you break the rules enough times... Uh, at some point, they need to like kick you off. Anyway, what do you guys think? Let us know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. All right, next up, Johnny Ive is leaving Apple. What the hell is going on with this story, Raven? Well, hopefully now Apple will stop designing stuff. Uh, one that just looks like a bunch of, you know, in my opinion, a bunch of stolen designs from. What, what is it? There's that. Uh, I think it's like a French company from like the 50s or 60s. Like Apple just tends to. I can't remember what it is, but they tend to just like take all their designs from that. Uh, and also, too, with him not there anymore, even though they're going <clears> to <throat> contract with him, which is weird. Um in my opinion, they need to stop because I'm tired of all their crap looking like home appliances or cooking utensils. <laughs> but that's like their thing, man. I know it's their thing, and I want them to stop. Like, <laughs> look at the new Mac Pro. It's like, we went back to more of the old design. Oh, great. It looks more like a cheese grater now. But is that more optimized for airflow? That's the question. No, because there's not a <laughs> there's there's a solid plastic panel or metal panel directly behind it. It doesn't allow air in. I mean, it, I think in the back it has vents, but yeah. it's like, oh, it's like Apple. Like, your designs are so bad. I, I swear, like, I don't understand people who like Apple products alone, but people who like, you know, I get it, right? You like the operating system? Okay. But then you're like, yeah, uh, you know, I just love the way my Mac looks. It looks like a trash can with a cigarette, you know, <laughs> not holder, but like ashtray on top. Yeah. Like, well, you don't see, remember the old one? It's like, come yeah. on. Oh, man. See, I don't like that one. But honestly, like, most of the iconic designs from Apple are actually pretty nice. 
Yeah, like, but Steve Jobs was alive back then. I know, I know. Like, I, I, I think, think that's that the big thing, too. Yeah. Now, well, the so, boat anchor one, I don't like that. You know what I'm talking about? The one from, like, 99, the G4? Remember? It was, like, the lower-end one, and it had, like, the, the clear case with all the different colors, and, like, one of the colors was, like, raspberry or something. I've never was, heard like, that the... called the boat anchor, though. Really? I have. No. And it really looks like a boat anchor. If you Like, you could probably... I think it's heavy, too. Have you ever lifted one before? No. They're actually pretty heavy, because, you know, it's a CRT monitor with, yeah. like, a full computer in it? That it's was, like, one of light. the original IMAX, right? Uh, well, I don't know if it's one of the uh, original uh But it's one IMAX. of the color ones. It's it's a G3. Actually, it's even older than I thought it was. Uh, yeah, it's a G3. They're huge, man. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. The original color is Bondi Blue. My bad. Right, right, My right. Bad. Bondi Blue. Yeah. Dude, those things are heavy. You know what's great, though? It, it, that See, that, despite it looking hideous, if I found one at, like, a yard sale or something, oh, I'd man. buy it. I'd buy, I'd buy it, it. Too. Oh, I'd, buy I'd buy it and buy fix it. Because I actually liked, uh, I actually liked Mac 9. I do too. Mac 9 is really nice and fun to play with. Yeah, in the early days of the Mac 10 were really yeah. nice. When Apple when Apple went with Intel, that's when I mostly stopped liking Macs. Yeah. Because they, they I understand that at the time power PCs were one, expensive, and two, they were very thermal heavy. Which is why they got rid of them, because they wanted, you know, they Yeah, they performed better, sure. But they were hot. So they, you know, they got rid of them. And I yeah. get that. I do. I totally understand. I don't like it, but I understand. Um, but it gave them a uniqueness, you know? Because yeah. all they are now is like this random Unix fork that uses x86 hardware. Right. That's well, they're probably very vulnerable to, to zombie load. Soon. Yeah. yeah, but that transitional period is going to be hard. And it's not yeah. like they can, you know, they can't, because uh, I don't know if you know this or not. Here's a random off topic thing. Um, did you know a couple of years ago, NVIDIA was going to get into making processors for like desktops? I did not know that. Mm. So you know how you know how they have their own Tegra socks, right? And they have yeah. their own custom ARM processors. Those yep. were supposed to scale to like up to 16 and 32 cores and even higher eventually. Wow. Uh, and they were going to be for desktop. And they were going to have a hardware chip on them that could translate x86 to ARM. Ooh, interesting. Supposedly. Uh, well, not really supposedly. They were. It was in development. It never went anywhere. Uh, and the reason we don't have that is because when NVIDIA wanted, because you know who owns x86, Intel. Intel, but AMD owns the 64-bit. So right. those two don't fight each other because they give each other their patents as part of their agreement. Which is really funny because you know AMD is kind of always hurting for money, and at any point they probably could have strong-armed Intel into uh, yeah. Because, I mean, every processor is 64-bit, and AMD owns those patents. Like, they might not own certain newer ones, but they own the foundation, so you can just pull it out from anyone anytime you want, I guess. Right. Anyway, uh, neither company was willing to uh, give NVIDIA permission, which, duh, why would they? I mean, really? Can you, I mean, because NVIDIA probably would have came in and mopped them up. Right. You know, and even if it didn't go anywhere, why risk it? Um. Yeah. Anyway, my point is, I don't see Apple being given permission either. So to use ARM? No, to use like to have some form of x86 translator. So they don't need it though. That like yeah, yeah, they're but, just but going they, to wholesale abandon the legacy software. Their Mac OS 11, 
or whatever they would go. But with. that only gets rid of 32 bit. That doesn't get rid of 64 bit. And there's a lot of 64 bit oh, no. applications. What are you gonna they do? They just they just, just tell up? they just tell uh, Adobe, hey, guess what? You're switching to ARM now, buds. And then yeah. Adobe will that because they have well Apple what they I do feel like you're you're like because I've said it before and you've probably heard me say it. They are eventually going to ARM, eventually. Or but I don't know when. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen? This is what's gonna happen. Apple's going to say, hey, we're switching to ARM, so uh, uh, Adobe, you just need to switch to WebAssembly. That's what's going to happen. And it very well could happen. Yeah. It very well could. Uh, because, honestly, WebAssembly runs very fast. I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, until it runs out of memory and then it crashes. But <laughs> Yeah, um, they're working on that. Yeah, they are. Uh, but up until that point, it runs very, very well. Yeah. You know, the hilarious thing is, is it, it needs the uh the JavaScript JIT, which is really nice. Yeah. So I don't know, but um I'd love to see it. Also, I would love an iMac G three. I really would. Me too. I really do feel like you could use them as a boat anchor. They are very heavy for those <laughs> of you. I mean, they're not like, oh my god, like this is impossible to pick up. No, they're not like that, but they are quite heavy. Yeah. Wow. Wow, later models only supported up to one gig of memory. Wow. Well, you know, it is 1998. So I guess in 1998, one gig of memory would have been like, whoa. Yeah, that, that would have been insane, actually. Like yep. an insane oh. amount of RAM. Oh, off topic, but it came with Airport. Do you guys remember Airport? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> oh. Was that? They, don't, they, they still did it up until last year. Really? It Max was discontinued G3? last year. I just went, I just, I literally just went on Craigslist to see if I could find one around me. <laughs> there, there probably is. They're, uh, they're everywhere. Yeah. Almost, I, see, I almost got one years ago. I mm. never did. That was stupid. Should have gotten it. 150 bucks. Attention Mac work. lovers and collectors. iMac G3 monitor for sale. They don't make them like this anymore. <laughs> Keep it That's as a true. conversation piece or turn it into an aquarium using a kit like the one in the photo. What? Oh, that, oh my cool. god. This guy turned it into a freaking aquarium. The the monitor, like the screen, you can actually see inside it. What a waste of a Trinitron, though. Yeah. Well, anyway. That's... Well, unless you take it out, I guess. Because oh, the yeah. glass is glass. The glass wouldn't care. You could just clean it. Right. Da dang. This is... Uh... Man, I would love to have one of these. 150 bucks. I, know. I wish I had that money. <laughs> Ooh, dude, you, 16 megabytes of SD RAM for the graphics card, depending on which model you had. Ooh, baby. Yeah. See, but those things, things were nice, though. Those things, they were fast. Like, you get the 700 megahertz model, you could blow away any, uh, any Pentium at the time. Yeah. Well, see, Johnny Ives was actually, uh, he helped, uh, uh, develop this style like this was one of the first things he worked on actually because he's been there for about 20 years and this thing launched 20 years ago and uh dang dude i mean that's the thing is like a lot of the iconic designs that um that apple is known for like johnny ives played a hand in like the ipod and and the i the original iphone i mean most of the iphones nowadays too but like even the original one like he's it's it's definitely a loss for apple and i think well they're that, contracting um, with him yeah but contracting i mean dude i would expect that if he's contracting with them he's gonna make royalties on his design you know what i'm saying that's i mean that's gonna cost them more 
in the end. I don't. Uh, they won't. They probably wouldn't do it for royalties. They'll just give him a hefty lump sum. You think so? I'm sure he knows what's going on. Yeah, I don't think they do that. Apple doesn't really seem like the kind of person. Uh, that was also nice. Not yes. the all-in-one, but the desktop tower. The, yeah. What was it? The 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 Power Mac or whatever. Power that Mac. was nice. I like yeah. the Power Macs. So um, that so nice I have a fun day. story about the Power Mac. So my my friend's dad growing up, his name was Guy, right? And he, right. um, what a name. He was a Mac. Uh, he was like an Apple certified dude. Like he, he like repaired Apple products all the time. Oh, cool. Back when Apple actually allowed people to do that. Yes. Back when Apple was cool. And he, like he had tons of Apple equipment all throughout his house. He had that specific Mac pro or the power Mac that you sent me, which I will include in the show notes. And uh, he sent he he had that, and the first time I ever saw or used an iPod was on one of these uh, Power Macs using iTunes, and my friend Carl and I synced <laughs> the uh, synced the entire Gorillas album, like the first Gorillas album, using a Power Mac that he bought through iTunes onto his iPod. And nice. man, I have some memories about this System Six or was this System Nine? I think. On this machine or is it eight nine eight nine something like that anyway i i loved mac os back in the day and i loved these power macs and it's super cool i really want one now <laughs> yeah you can still get some of the hardware for those things too they're a pain to take apart though in my opinion they're cause it's so annoying yeah you know to, to access the board because it's all like folded up in there and everything but you can do it and you can put a new ram you can put right. in a different graphics card i believe I, I really um, like, um, have you ever watched Draga 1 on YouTube? <laughs> I've never heard of it. Oh my god, you need to watch Draga 1. He like he has like all these old uh, IBM PCs and Macs and, and, you know, compatibles and stuff. And it's like, um, it, and he just like takes them apart and like configures them all with SSDs. And it's super entertaining and, and he's always like screwing stuff up and nothing ever works. It's, it's really funny. I really like nice. it. Nice. Well, that's what I really like about my, um, that's, see, that's what I really like about my, uh, DOS machine is because, you know, it's old and yeah, you know, you probably don't like it because it's just a freaking you know, black and white, essentially terminal. It's not, it's command line and it's very simplistic, but, um, I don't know. It just, it has a really nice, unique charm to it, man. Yeah, this is this is all interesting stuff. I mean, the thing about uh, the thing about Johnny Ive leaving Apple though is that they've actually lost a bunch of other key people, including like one of their CPU engineers and their head of retail. And so, like, you know, I don't think people are happy with the direction they're taking the company. Honestly, no, they're they're skewing more towards services, like every other uninspired tech company in the world, and it, they're just becoming another generic tech company. Yeah. And that well, sucks. did you did you see their their uh, financial report? Like, if you look at their financial report going from 2014, you can go back further, but you really start to see it from like 2014 till now. Like, their services department is growing because everyone's like, "Oh, well, their phones aren't selling as well." I'm like, "Who cares? Their service department is ballooning in value. Like, it's just getting bigger and bigger." Because you know, you buy a thousand dollar phone and it comes with like bare minimum warranty, and then they're like, "You want to add a three hundred dollar warranty to it?" Yeah, it's, ugh. but they also yeah. don't innovate anymore. And it's like you said, they don't innovate like they haven't innovated. Even when Steve Jobs was alive, I really didn't feel like they were innovating now that much. Like they were near the end of innovating. And after his death, it just got worse. Yeah. 
Like they don't innovate anymore. They're just using bare bones off the shelf stuff with their operating system. And they charge so much for so little. They don't even, they can't even fix their own stuff anymore. They just recycle it and then put a new motherboard in. Yeah. But that's expensive. Why don't you just fix the part that's broken? They don't make them to fix. They make them to throw away. <laughs> yeah. And they charge you know, a premium to do it. Yeah, and, and they're just, you know, we're such an environmentally friendly company. No, you're not. Everything you make is designed to be thrown in a trash can at some point. Yeah. It's pretty bad. But, like, those old Macs, I'd love to have some of those old Macs. Me too. They, I, the I put only, the links in the show notes to the ones we're talking about. Yeah, the the only thing is, is I have... um. So I have an old Apple II GS. Love that thing. That is really good. I, I prefer my DOS machine more because it's a little more usable. But that that Apple II GS, if I had grown up in the, you know, early '80s and all, I'd have loved that thing. Yeah. Would have loved it. It's pretty powerful too. I mean, well, you know, for what it is anyway. Yeah, I, the I I haven't ever used the two GS, but I, I I would definitely be interested in that. You can use mine if you like. You can also use my DOS <laughs> machine too. I yeah, know how much you would love to use my DOS, DOS machine. DOS machines don't have as much character as old antique Macs. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Of course they do. Mine does. <laughs> Mine's glorious. You can do anything yeah. you want on it, man. As long as you don't destroy the SD card, because I don't have a I don't have any original hard drives. They're kind of oh, yeah. well, they're not. They're not super expensive. That's the only thing I miss. Because I do have one, but I don't really use it at the moment. Um, but I miss when you turn it on, you know, and the drive starts spinning up and it beeps and all. Oh, I miss that noise. Yeah. I don't have that anymore. My, even my, my monster, you know, desktop, man. You know you know what's in that thing. You turn it yeah. on and it barely makes any noise. Right. Because, like, you know. I've got that, uh, you know, that rubber foam. I put that because my case does. My case is not see-through, by the way, because I hate plastic on the side of my case. I also really? don't like RGB lighting or any lighting. Yeah. See, Weird. I I don't have any lighting on mine except for what's like included on my motherboard. Um, but I do like the um, I do like the glass panel on the side because it's just so sexy. Ah. Yeah. So mine is just sealed and. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I put that, you know, that, that rubber foam stuff that helps dampen the sound and all. Yeah. The whole inside of my case is just covered in that stuff anywhere I can find room. Cause I also have a lot of fans. So really it's mostly just on the side panels and then the bottom. And then I have rubber screws. There's barely any, any noise at all. Nice. Thanks to that. Plus, you know, I have Noctua fans, which are, expensive but they start to pay for themselves when they last longer and they're just they don't make any noise yeah and with the addition of the rubber screws they make even less noise so it's perfect my case just it sounds weird you know because you look at it and it's all the fans on it and you're like oh it's gonna be loud and you turn it on and it barely makes any noise yeah I mean, that's kind of how my PC is too it's like you have this beefy Vega looking graphics card it's a blower graphics card too like it's not one of those like Ugh. i know and uh, so those make a lot of noise right and i have a big old usually uh, and uh and it's like right there in the front of my case i turn the pc on can't it's as quiet as a whisper it's as quiet as a whisper it's so nice yeah but i do i miss that old clunking mechanics and stuff yeah 
Anyway, what do you guys think about Johnny Ives leaving uh, Apple? Uh, let us know in the forums, forum.heavyelement.io. We'll have the show notes there. We'll have links to the iMacs that we were talking about, the G3 and the Power Mac. Um, because, dang, those things are awesome. nice. But, uh, yeah, let us know. <laughs> I uh, By the way, I just installed uh, the... Um, the fucking plugin for Nextcloud. The editor text Nextcloud ah. text. It actually, nice. uh, it's pretty nice. That was easy. Yeah, it took like nice. half a second to install. Sweet. <laughs> uh, it's just a couple JavaScript files, maybe a few CSS files. Yeah. All right. What's the next story here on this list? We got the FCC is allowing Verizon to lock their devices for 60 days after activation. What do you think about this one, Raven? What's going on here? Um, so what's going on is, is Verizon claims, and, uh, you know, I, they, it, it seems fairly legitimate to me because, you know, uh, smartphones are very expensive, they're small, and, you know, they're easy to sell. Yeah. You know, you, you have a brand new, you know, twelve, thirteen hundred dollar, whatever the new most expensive iPhone is, and you're selling it for like six, seven hundred bucks. That thing's gonna sell quick, and no one's gonna ask questions where you got it either. They're just gonna buy it. Right. So I, I so essentially, what they're doing is, is they're asking the FCC if they can lock their phones for sixty days until after they get that first payment verification. After they get that, the phone becomes unlocked, and then you can take it to any carrier you want. And the reason they claim they need to do this is for fraud prevention. And honestly, I can see it being a thing. Like, I'm not, I know other carriers, if you look at the article in the show notes, uh, are upset by this. But as far as I'm concerned, I just, like, as an end user who's buying a brand new phone from, say, Verizon, I just don't see this really being an issue for you. Because if you're buying a phone with a, with a payment plan, because most people don't buy their phones outright, I mean, you're going to stay with Verizon anyway, right? Like, it's a, mostly it's a non-issue. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I would like to see actual hard numbers that prove that this is necessary. Because, I mean, I, I don't doubt that there uh, is fraud. Um, but I wonder how, like, how, honestly, how much this is actually necessary for them to, to do this. Because they have ways of combating fraud like, for example, uh, preventing, like, blacklisting IMEIs, right? Which are, like, the unique fingerprint for, you know, your phone. Um, and if they, you know, if they find something is, is uh, blacklisted, or if they find something that has, a phone has been purchased with, um, with fraud, they can just, like, kind of shut the phone off and not have it accessible on their network. But I don't know. I, this is it's a it's a tough call, and uh, you know the FCC. I don't. Th I thought that w w when I read the headline, I thought that this was going to be just another example of the FCC and the Verizon working in cahoots with each other. But honestly, there was a, a little bit more nuance to the FCC's ruling here, and I actually commend them for that. Um, so back in like 2008, Verizon bought the 700 megahertz spectrum or they licensed it from the FCC. Uh, but that purchase came with a bunch of rules. And the first one was that Verizon couldn't disable features on handsets that it provides to its customers. And the second one was that Verizon couldn't configure handsets 
uh, it provides to prohibit use of the handsets on another provider's network. And now Verizon says it needs the 60-day period uh, in order to deter armed robberies and fraudulent behavior. Um, so they told the FCC that some people uh, use a stolen identity or other fraudulent means to obtain a new handset on an existing customer's account or open a new account and then immediately turn around and sell that handset on the black market without ever paying for the device or the service. Um, I feel like that might be uh, a problem with Verizon's business model, though, don't you think? If Maybe. They, if they just let I mean, I can I can actually them. see the the robbery being a problem because I know uh, I've heard more than I've heard many and several of their stores being robbed. Really? Huh. Yep. Well, you know, you think about it. That. Think of how many. Think how much money. Like, cause say you had just like a bag, and you yeah. put like fifty phones in there. Think how much money that is. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And it wouldn't even be that heavy. Right. <laughs> You know, and you just run out of there and, you know, if you have them at gunpoint, you know, you can just tell them to activate the phone or you, know, you can just run out and activate it yourself later. Because remember, most of those phones are designed to be self-activated. So yeah. all you need is the, the box it came in. So I could totally see that being a problem. Now, are they going to get away with it? Probably not. But the problem is, is if they rob it and sell it before the police catch them, then those phones are now on the market. Yeah. Or they, or they you know, steal a bunch of phones and then they don't know which ones are stolen and so they can't like yeah they can't do anything yeah right because that's that's the trick isn't it like you can't just disable someone's phone right so i don't know i I think it put them in a tight spot and i think as far as all things considered this really isn't that bad like i could see why some people like are upset by it but at the same time it's like eh, it's only for 60 days and if and if you're a normal honest person who's buying a phone from verizon you're probably not gonna leave verizon anyway right Really? You're going to leave Verizon and go to a different carrier just after you bought the phone? And like I said, if you're going to buy the phone brand new outright anyway, why are you going to Verizon for that? Yeah. I mean, I you know, <clears throat> before I did my channel, I ran a a, a, a mobile virtual network. Uh, and uh, basically, I was running it off Verizon's uh, towers. And essentially what happened was like, you know, people would come to me and I would activate their device on my network and, you know, I would get a small cut of that. And it was actually a really nice business. Uh, and I was selling like prepaid wireless uh, plans. Um, but there were a couple times where people were like, oh, I bought this phone. I bought this phone off of Facebook Marketplace or whatever. And uh, so c- can you like activate it on your th- on your network? And I would like be like, sure, I can do that. And I'll go type in the number in my app that I used and it would be like, Oh, this phone was reported stolen like two weeks ago. And it's like, uh, sorry, but you bought a, f- a stolen phone. I can't activate it. Like, uh, so that kind of stuff exi- like it, there is infrastructure in place to prevent that kind of stuff. However, at the same time, you know, yeah. I can see how these this are- might be necessary. Yeah, but these are these are phones that are haven't been you know either activated yet. I mean, because I assume what they're trying to do is is they lock the phones before they're sold, and then once they're sold or activated, then they go through a, a sixty day period. Yeah. I assume that this is in the case that should such a device be stolen, and however it gets stolen, uh, it becomes useless at least for sixty days. Right, and it also allow Verizon some control, and it's probably also a little bit about crushing their competition a little bit. But I can't. 
Like, I just can't imagine, like, like, the only thing I can think of is, because, like, T-Mobile, for example, has that, uh, I don't know if you know about this, but, because T-Mobile really doesn't exist in your area, and if they do, they're probably completely terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But T-Mobile, for example, has that plan where, like, if you get a Verizon plan, for example, they'll buy out your plan and your phone. Yeah. So you, you get, like, a Verizon phone and everything, and then you go to T-Mobile, and your bill goes down, and, you know, you got, like, this really awesome $300, like, freebie incentive and, you know, all this other stuff. You're still paying for the phone, you know, but they bought out your contract for free, right? Because they're going to make it back when you're stuck to them for, like, two or three years. Right. So I get I, I could see where it's Verizon's attempt to keep people from doing that because you know Verizon is expensive. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very expensive. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like it could be for that, but it could also be for that. Either way, it's only for sixty days. I mean, yeah. To see, me, I, that's I, whatever. I, if they were asking for a year, I'd be like, ha! no. Yeah, I I I can. I can see what they're what they're doing here. I mean, I, it makes sense to me. But and they asked. They actually asked for permission, which yeah. is just mind-blowing to me because usually they just do whatever they want and then pay for it later. Right. That's pretty cool. I mean, I'm glad that they did that because they're, they're notorious for being uh, kind of scrupulous. <laughs> yeah. That's like an understatement too. <laughs> yeah. Remember their brief period where they were like, because remember, they no, it was AT&T. Uh, remember when uh, smartphones were first becoming like a really big thing and uh, everyone had unlimited data? Remember back when it was just 3G? Yeah. And remember then we went to 4G and all that stuff and Verizon was like, nobody needs unlimited data. Nobody even wants unlimited data. Remember they did away with their unlimited data? Yeah. And it's like, so people like grandfathered themselves in for like a very long time just so they could have unlimited data. Right. And I now... They have unlimited data again, and it's like ninety dollars a month for the cheapest plan. See, I I go with a prepaid pre, uh, prepaid plan through another company, and I get like it's technically unlimited, but I get three gigabytes of four uh, G data, and then after that, it's like three G, and it's I'm only paying like thirty fucking dollars a month. Yeah, it's nice. but usually that 3G is notoriously slow. Oh, yeah. Bad. Well, like, I never I never trash. go above 3 gigabytes anyway. Uh, but, like, um, the other thing is, like, you can pay, like, 50 bucks, and it's, like, 8 gigabytes or something r- r- ludicrous. So it's still cheaper than going with Verizon. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I use um, – I, I have unlimited on mine. I have Sprint. Um, but I remember before Sprint bought my phone carrier – uh, my phone carrier, when I first got a smartphone, you know, uh, 4G was new, like really new, like not available outside of major cities new. Yeah. So you had 4G here and 3G, but it was mostly just 3G. And I remember one time I went over, like I had unlimited, you know, but I guess I went over like the 25 gigs or whatever, you know, and then they started throttling me. So they put me in 2G. Man, that was Because oh. they don't do that oh. anymore. Like now throttling is just 3G and it's like whatever. But 3G, or sorry, 2G, I don't even know how fast it was. I, I can't, I, I, I don't really remember the specific speed. Um, but I do know that I believe the theoretical max, depending on which version you use, 
is one megabit. Like that is the theoretical max and you will get nowhere near that. No. Like literally nowhere near that. I believe that I downloaded at like 15 kilobytes a second. So I probably got like what? 100 and 150. Yeah, I guess I got like 150 KB, which wow. is just ugh. <laughs> like even back then trying to like load stuff on the phone was just notoriously slow. It was so bad. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. That. Yeah, they're, they are really cheap. $40 for eight gigs. And if you do like a, if you do an automatic refill, it's like, um, they take like five bucks off your plan. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I really like yeah. them. They're really nice. I'd probably still just go straight with Verizon though. Why? Pay extra for n no reason? Oh, just because certain people, not mention any names, use a lot of data. Oh. <laughs> it'd just be easier. <laughs> Otherwise, okay, so it'd be automatically... How, re here's how you yeah, save you don't money. Here's how you save money, right? You take... you take A hammer and smash the phone? <laughs> yes. No, you, you, you give them a crap phone, and then you also give them a nice laptop and say... Wi-Fi, baby. Oh, yeah. Great. I'll just sleep <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> anyway, what do you guys think? What kind of plan do you use? Uh, do you use Verizon? Do you use some other carrier? Uh, let us know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. I think I'll put a link to um, the, uh, the plan, the company that I use for wireless service in the show notes. So if you wanted to check that out and maybe get a good deal. I don't get a cut on it. I just like their service, so... I'll leave that in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. All right. You ready for the last story, dude? I am. So according to a blog post, YouTube says they are going to, quote, give you more control over your homepage. But somehow they forgot about subscriptions. Right? This is Because you don't need subscriptions, man. No, subscriptions, that puts you in too much control. They want to manipulate you, but they want to allow you to say how much you can be manipulated. That's what they yep. want. So in an official blog post, YouTube announced... Uh, a pair of new features and I actually I'm interested to see how these work uh, I'm interested to see if they have a tangible impact on uh, on people uh, on uh, channels on YouTube and such but the first thing is that um, when the algorithm is shoveling you sh uh, just bucket loads of crap uh, you can now prevent specific channels from being suggested to you which is a feature that i've wanted for a while um and i once this uh is rolled out i'm gonna suggest to all of my friends who are parents to block jake and logan paul's videos from being <laughs> suggested not just that i'd like to block food channels from being suggested you'd be amazed at how much and i don't watch or look at anything with food i don't know if i've destroyed my youtube search algorithm for me but the stuff I get suggested has, like, I've never, like, I'm not interested in it is what I'm trying to say. I've never looked at stuff like that. I have no interest in it. And yet, you know, I keep getting, like, some of those channels. And I'm just wondering if me blocking all them trackers and everything for, what, the past three years and having used Google in over a I haven't. I don't think I've used Google search as my primary search for 
two years now. Yeah, it's been about the same I'm time. I'm starting right? to wonder if I've just destroyed the search algorithm for me. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like, where, like, it messes up because, like, it doesn't have enough data or yeah. it doesn't have enough modern relevant data. I'm, right. Because, you know, I'm not on Facebook. I mean, I do use Twitter, but I don't use it for anything. I mean, how often do I tweet? I mean, really? You tweet more than I do. I know. Day. Yeah. So it's... I tweet it's, more in a day than you tweet in a month. <laughs> I know. So I'm just starting to wonder if, like... I know they can get, like information off me third party and all and you know kind of aggregate it but i'm starting to wonder if there's just not enough because yeah. i've been noticing that like on youtube and um anything that's google tied that gives like you know results based off their algorithms it just doesn't make any sense and i you know i don't keep my phone near me so it can't you know listen in and you know record and then learn from that either so i'm just wondering uh what it, what what's going on maybe i did manage to finally destroy it I mean that would that would be ideal, right? Yeah, it would. It's just gonna get worse once the purism's in. I'm just gonna, yeah. you know what? We're gonna we're gonna end up on the FBI's most wanted list because we don't appear anywhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're not most wanted. We're gonna end up on a watch list. A watch list. I should have yeah. said. I, I, like, we're gonna end up on a watch that, list. I, one of the reasons that like I am wary of traveling outside the country is that like you know. There's going to be like facial recognition software that'll be like, oh, we really recognize this guy because he's on YouTube. What does he talk about? Oh, he talks about computer security and online privacy. Search him. Search every crevice, you know? That's yeah, what's exactly. going to happen. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. But the thing is, with this with this uh, feature that they're adding to YouTube, um, it's... Uh, it's basically going to let you block channels from being suggested. And I think that's cool. And it sounds like you're interested in that. But the yeah, other just, thing, I, the thing that I think you stupid. might find the most intriguing here is that um, you're going to be able to see uh, why videos are recommended to you uh, in, in this new uh, feature. That would, that would, that would might explain. Cause like, I just yeah. went to my YouTube homepage right now and it's full of some stuff that I'm subscribed to. And then, you know, like you're at the top, for example, you oh, appear nice. a lot in my search results. That's what I like it, to hear. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm listening to music or something and my recommendation is like your face and I'm like <laughs> you're listening to music and then all of a sudden, hey everybody, it's your friend or your guy. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't think so. We're just going to close that. But here is the first recommended channel that I'm not subscribed to. MLB topic. I don't like baseball. I don't search what? for baseball. I don't oh, even wow. speak about baseball. No. And then That's Chris crazy. Tech. Chris Tech. He's Chris Tech? Yeah. You know who Chris Tech is? Chris like Tech? Like, I've actually watched. Yeah, Chris Tech. Chris Titus Tech? Yes. Okay. It just says Chris Tech. Look, man, I'm not I'm not making this channel. Anyway, so it's him. It's Chris Titus see. Tech. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Chris Tech is fine. <laughs> anyway, and that's that's actually it for this time, anyway. I bet I could refresh it and get, you know, completely different, but... Yeah, there's nothing else there. Literally nothing else there. All right, let's refresh. Maybe we'll get something better. Let's refresh. What do we get? Uh, uh, hmm. John John Boy Media. It's more baseball stuff. I don't watch baseball. I don't understand. Wow. I don't like baseball. I don't even talk about baseball. See, I'm looking at um, I'm looking oh, at uh, my YouTube homepage right now, and um, the first channel that I don't that I'm not subscribed to is Bunny Ears Podcast, which is um the guy the kid from home alone what's his name uh you know britain's got about. talent no thanks i'm not <laughs> interested in that see i mean honestly like most of these suggestions 
are relatively uh, accurate. Like there's PewDiePie uh, here. Yeah. Um, well, what I do is is I've just marked everything is not interested, even if I am interested in that topic, and that might be another reason why it's all skewed. Oh <laughs> yeah. Because it's like yes, when you answer it, you feed the algorithm, but at the same time, if you feed it wrong information, it gets it wrong. So. Yeah, I'm not yeah. subscribed to Linus Tech Tips, and um, I don't that's like Linus Tech all Tips anyway. over my my home screen. Yeah, I just hit not interested every time he appears. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Like it just keeps recommending the same exact people over and over, and I'm like, go away. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Well, you know, we thought we would be. No, I don't want to see freaking you know PewDiePie. Yeah. Not that I dislike PewDiePie, just I. It's just. It's not my jam. It's yeah, like it's not mine. It's not my thing. It's like I don't like stupid content. That's basically, <laughs> his. I mean, that's his. That's his bread and butter, man. Like, yeah. you know, he's a fairly normal dude, but that's his character, and he's, you know, it's his living. He's got to keep doing it. At some point, he's got to get tired of that too. Oh man, that's why he pays people to edit for him. Yeah, because he just gets tired of looking at it. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I'm excited about some of these features, though. I'd like to see, like, you know, part of me wonders oftentimes, like, how complex is the suggestion engine on YouTube, and how honest are these kind of introspective explanations? You know what I'm saying? Like, how how reliable is it for for a an algorithm to say this is why we suggested that? You know what I'm saying? Because it's all based on probability, right? I, I just, believe so. I just wonder how how they actually achieve something like that, or if it's just kind of like lie to them, make them feel better. Because <laughs> that's kind of proprietary information too, the stuff that they collect about you. So yeah, but you know, there's been an increasing uh, government uh, resistance because honestly, I think governments are starting to feel a smidge threatened by these giant tech firms. As they should. Yeah, everyone should. But governments don't like things that may or may not damage their power Yeah. as a rule. So, right. you know, they're kind of... And also, too, there's a lot of... Like, times have changed. So the tech companies are, you know, they, they don't have the people's support anymore. They've done too many bad things. Took too long, though. Yeah. Yep. Well, what do you guys think about uh, YouTube's new features that they're rolling out? Um, are you excited to try them? You, you, you want to have more control over your homepage? Or you think this is just kind of a token gesture? Uh, let us know in the show notes, forum.heavyelement.io. Raven and I are both on Mastodon. I'm at gbryant at libram.1, and he is at raven67854 at libram.1. And uh, Raven, I think... That might do it for this episode. What do you think? I believe I believe so. I don't think we have any uh, questions for the show this week. We're going to get I mean, back into questions. questions next week, I think. Yeah, we're going to have to. But, uh, yeah, thank you for being here, my friend. I very much appreciate it. Uh, I always enjoy when you're here. It's, the show's always infinitely better when you're here. <laughs> yeah, it's statistically proven, too. It's statistically proven with all the, with the analytics we collect. Uh, people <laughs> listen way more when you're around. Uh, it's true. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, thanks for being here. I, I appreciate it. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. If you like what we do, you can uh, 
listen. You can follow the the, the XML feed, the the RSS feed. That's the term I'm looking for. Uh, at show.offtopical. Oh wait, no, it's forum. No, it's what is it? Heavy up. What is it? Offtopical.net. That's it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it took me a minute. But anyway, this has been the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner, and uh, let's do this again soon. <laughs>